get something. Don't let the days of your life pass by. You need to get up, get out, and get something. Don't spend all your time trying to get high. You need to get up, get out, and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something. Cause you and I got to do for you and I. All right, welcome back to the Create Your Own Lane podcast. Um, been taking a little bit of a break, but I'm really excited to jump back on. And uh, I'm excited for my guest here. He is the assistant men's basketball coach at Binghamton University, Brian Johnson. BJ, what I like to call him. BJ, how you doing? I always ask people how they've been during this pandemic, but you know we're we're now in the point of this thing where I'm sure you're back on campus with your players, uh, at least preparing for practice in some type of way. So as you're transitioning from the home cave life to now uh, seeing actual human bodies outside of family, man, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I appreciate you, you know, having me on your show. Uh, I'm, I'm doing very well. Uh, my family is doing well. We're healthy. Uh, it's, it's actually pretty nice to kind of uh, walk into our event center and 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 walk past other coaches uh, that that you haven't seen in some time. Uh, but you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to prepare for uh, practice, uh, but also excited to you know get with our coaches and and talk about you know our lives and and what we've been kind of been doing throughout COVID. And, and obviously, we talk, but it's good to like see their faces every now. So. No. No question, man. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, the topic of this podcast is transitions. You know, we all we all face them. And, you know, you have your transitions that are expected. And then you have those transitions that are unexpected, kind of like COVID-19. Um, and, and as we hit these, man, I couldn't think of a, a better guest. Uh, I consider you more than just a friend, but a, a brother. Um, you know, you have no idea. But as we hit your story, and I kind of talk about it a little bit here, uh, how much you've lit my fire and kept me going. Uh, and, and I think that's the amazing thing about these transitions and seeing people transition and how they are in the trenches. Uh, it really challenges you and also motivates you uh, whenever you get in those type of situations, man. So I really want to hit you with that compliment. And uh, I'm excited for this, this fire we're, we're going to bring and, and really uh, just things that you're going to talk about as we start to hit these topics here. So as we dive in, man, as I said, you know, you have a very unique journey. Uh, I don't know many guys as coach division one, two, three, Juco. I mean, you touched it all except NAIA and, uh, and kitty basketball uh, with the, with the youngins. But if you could, I don't know, I don't want to give you a cap it as just a word of, of those experiences. But, you know, as you look back at that, maybe somebody that looks at where you come from, you know, how would you describe that that journey for, for you? And, and we're going to get more into it, but, you know, how would you hit that? Maybe it's a word, maybe it's a sentence, maybe it's a few sentences, but how would you kind of cap that? Um, you know what? The, the, the one word that kind of came to my mind is, is, is seasoned. Um, you know, I've, I've been at every single level, as you mentioned, you know, and, and it's, been, it's been a great transition at every single level, and I've also learned a lot. Uh, at every single level. So, you know, it, it's been uh, a great journey and, and going into my 10th year coaching, you know, it's been a short journey, but, but it's also seen uh, long because of, because of the, the different stops that I've made and, and the things that I had to learn throughout that journey that, that I've, you know, have been blessed, blessed to be still here and, and still coaching and still impacting uh, in a way that, that I believe that, uh, fits you know my lifestyle and fits like who I am for as a person and, and I'm just excited to to continue to to be on this journey of, of helping young people young men you know become the best version of themselves yeah well said man we got people on here that uh I know you and we got some people that press play that know you as well but we're gonna have some people that press play on this that don't know you so can you give us some of those stops of where you've been you know maybe starting with the first one and then you know, to where you are now? Uh, so I started out um, after I uh, finished playing at the University of Delaware. I started out my first year uh, being assistant at a Division II school in, in Wilmington, Delaware, Goldie Beacom College. 
Um, from there, I had an opportunity to become the director of basketball operations back at home uh, in, in Baltimore at UMBC for four years. Um, from there, 12-16, uh, uh, I ended up leaving to, to become a junior college head coach in Largo, Maryland at, at Prince George's Community College, which was a phenomenal experience. My first opportunity of, of being a head coach and, and impacting and really having a, a direct impact on our guys. Um, and then I, then I was blessed to, to interview for a job in, in Vermont. So I, I left, I left my, my hometown, Maryland, and, and had an opportunity to take over uh, a successful Division III program in, in Vermont, Southern Vermont College. And then obviously I'm sure we're gonna get to, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I had to transition from, from leaving Southern Vermont to uh, uh, now being here uh, at Binghamton University, going back to being an assistant in America East for Coach Thomas Dempsey. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. I want to make sure everybody got to hear those stops. And I think anybody that knows my journey um, can understand that I'm not the only coach that's been to like almost a new school every one or two years. So it's good <laughs> to talk to someone that's been to as many stops as I have, and, and I'm excited to, to dive into this stuff with you, man. So here's how this goes, um, you know, hitting on transitions. I got three topics that we're going to hit on, and I got definitions for them, man, and, and not the Webster's definition, but this, these are Coach Moe's definitions. This, this is a lot of reflection into these things, and we're going to bounce back and forth, and, uh, you know, again, as I talk to you before we, we record it, man. I'm excited because I think you're really going to be able to kind of give us an insight of a transition before a job or what I think people don't understand, which I'll talk about too, is that point where you have no idea what's going to happen. You, you don't really have a job and you're just kind of out there trying to figure it out and there's a moment of stillness. So the three, uh, the three words or, or topics we're going to hit here, man, is foundation, belief, and preparation. And foundation, you know, my, my definition with this, and it's funny, I actually just talked with my team on this, but it's what keeps you together when you feel like falling apart. And I live in a neighborhood where houses are just being built like crazy. And I think people look at me weird because I start my day and I'll get on a run or a walk, very similar to you. And I'll stop at one of these houses that are being built and I'll just kind of look at it. And I'm not looking at the house but I'm looking at the foundation of the house. And that's the part that intrigues me because as you look at this house, that's the part that people forget about. But whenever there's a storm that that house encounters, that's the piece that keeps it together. And I think what's most important in our lives is when things fall out of alignment, you gotta go back to your foundation. You gotta go back to your fundamentals. And this question I'm going to give to you, we'll bounce back and forth on this, but how do you build this in your life? And how did you use it during the tough times you went through? And you can go a lot of different ways with it, but just kind of talk to me as I'm taught, as I'm kind of hitting some of these things, I'm looking at your, your body language here. Uh, give me some things that kind of popped up there when you, you hear foundation and the fundamentals, you know, what things that you use. Well, the first, first thing that I think about is, is my family. Um, my mother, my father, who really set the foundation of, of honestly having Jesus Christ in your life and, and having, having that faith in, in God and in the Lord to, to really be, be your guiding, guiding force, you know, throughout life. Um, you know, those are, those are, that is definitely one thing that has really helped me um, in terms of just not only just my, my professional career, but also just my, my personal, personal career, uh, journey throughout life. Um, in terms of like our foundation is, is really something I always fall back on too, is just my, my wife. She's very, very strong, you know, and, and I have to give a lot of credit to her because she, she, she's the backbone, you know, she, she allows me to, to, to coach and, you know, we, we've been, been on the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. And, and you know, one thing that, that's never wavered is, is her faith. And, and she reminds me, you know, everything happens for a reason and, and there's a season for everything. And, you know, we pray together. 
you know, that's something that, that is very important to us. We pray every single morning with our daughter. Um, and we pray every single night with our daughter. And, and we just continue to, to ask God to kind of, um, you know, push us forward and, and be the best people that we can be. So um, I have to say, you know, my faith is, is something that's, that's very strong. And, and I'm not going to sit here, like, you know, nobody's perfect, you know, but, but I definitely uh, have a strong faith and, and belief in God and, and that, you know, he makes things happen for a reason. And, and that's why I can kind of look back at my journey and, and laugh and say, oh, this happened because I was supposed to be here or that happened or because I was supposed to go there. So um, that's something that, that's definitely the foundation of, of my existence. Oh, that's good, man. And as you were talking, we'll bounce back on this. But you know, spiritual part is, is so important. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And I think, you know, having a spouse as well, it's, it's very important. Um, I wrote down just answering this question for the people that might not know that, how to answer that question. You know, how, how do you answer that? And, you know, I, I kind of have something for them in order to answer the question, ask yourself a question. And, and what I mean by that is, is, you know, when you're in this foundational part of your life of trying to figure out what those foundations are, maybe you're trying to feed it or grow it. You know, I think the important things you want to hit on is what are you reading? You know, what, what is being poured into your mind? You know, I think the next question is what intentionally gets the majority of your time? You know, not what do you think you're doing, but what gets the majority of your time? I think a lot, just working with student athletes be, uh, I always tell our guys, ask good questions. Because I get asked the wrong questions all the time. People ask me, hey, how'd you become a head coach? You know, how, how are you coaching? And, and I tell them that's such, that's the wrong question. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, the question you want to ask is what, reve what reveals my foundation? So instead of asking, how do I, how do I get there? Ask me, how do I spend my 24 hours of my day? And success leaves clues. Like it leaves clues. Like it, you know, if, if, we, if we really uncover your journey and we see some of the things with the spiritual piece and the wife and the family, and there's other things I'm going to push you to, to get more in there, see if we can grab more out as we talk about this. Uh, it leaves clues as to why you are where you are. And, and I think, you know, in order to develop that foundation, we got to really figure out, you talk about the spiritual piece, well, how do you grow spiritually? What are you reading? You know, what are you putting into your, your mind to grow in that area? And then really dissecting your time. You know, I stopped using the word I don't have time about two years ago because it really challenged me to realize I do have time. I just put my time into the wrong things. So, you know, I don't know if there's anything as I was talking on that, you know, that made you want to, you know, spark, spark up and, and share more on this with the foundation piece. Well, it made me think about, you know, recently, you know, I won't even say recently, but I think when you talk about foundation, you also have to talk about self-talk and giving yourself confidence, you know, and that constant self-talk and reminder about what you're trying to accomplish throughout the day. So, right? so, so this, so this one thing that I actually been, been doing uh, throughout my, throughout my morning and throughout my mornings is, you know, I, I made a, a affirmation jar where, you know, I, I have a probably about 90, 90 crumpled up pieces of paper that every single morning I'll go in my jar, I'll open it up and, you know, I'll see like, what's my affirmation, you know, and, and today was, uh, I choose who I want to become, right? And that's something I remember today was I choose what I want to become. And you just have to continue to, to feed yourself those, those positive, positive words, you know, cause you see, so, uh, so many negative things throughout, throughout the day. And you constantly hear that. And we constantly tell our players, you have to be positive, but what are you doing to be positive? And, and that's my way of, of feeding myself uh, some, some, some positivity. As soon as when I wake up, I'm able to kind of, you know, open up a note and say, all right, this, this is my word, or this is my sentence for today that I can kind of lean on, you know, um, in the morning, you know, at lunch, and then also at dinner. So that's, that's kind of what I thought about 
you know, as, as, as you were talking about, what, what do you feed yourself? What are you reading? Yeah, what's in you will come out of you. Absolutely. And, and I think being a parent shows that a lot, right? You know, we, I thought I was patient until I had a daughter. And then I'm like, come on, like, and I'm looking and I'm like, she's not even one yet. And she doesn't understand what I'm talking about. So what are, what are you talking about? And I think that's why the Lord gives us a spouse, children, because we, we find out what's in there that needs to be shifted in order to align with, with, with Christ. So I, I, that's what made me think about what you said, man. Uh, there's a Tyson quote that I love, and I think every coach, football coach, uh, you know, uses this. And he talks about, and nobody ever talks about Mike Tyson as a philosopher in any way, but it's a quote where he talks about it. You know, everybody has a plan, so they get punched in the mouth, right? You get punched in the mouth. Uh, I'm going to dig into this here, man, and maybe you want to go deeper as well. I'm going to give a, a story. But I got punched in the mouth uh, when I worked here as an assistant at Salisbury University, and you, you knew this, this story. Uh, we won the conference first time in about 19, 20 years, and um, the business side of basketball uh, hit me, you know, in a sense of, you know, we'd won. Um, you know, the head coach took another job, very, very excited for him and a great opportunity for him. And I was kind of in that spot where I don't know where I'm going to go. And there was nothing for me to have still being there. So I didn't have a job. And it was like, you're coming off this high of winning. You win a championship. You feel good. And then it's like, you get punched in the mouth. And it goes back to this point of your foundation not what do you say but you know what's really in there what holds you together and you know for me from a coaching standpoint that was the first one I had you know that's ever happened to me and I just I didn't know what to do next but I, I knew that um like what you shared B I, I gotta I gotta pray and I gotta have faith and the most important part of the faith is that I have to have works so um, you know, not only was I having faith, but it was like, okay, I got to dive in here and send an email. I got to go to a practice. I, I can't be this person that's hiding in a closet because things aren't going my way. Um, you know, I got to keep being out there. I got to keep, you know, just being involved in the game. And then I was able to stay back in uh, being hired at my alma mater. Um, but I, I think, again, man, we all have a plan until we get punched in the mouth. And I go a step further. That's being coaches. You know, I share this with our team. Whenever we turn the ball over or we do something that we're not supposed to do, instead of yelling at them, let's get back to our fundamentals. So let's work on passing and catching. Let's work on playing off of two feet. You know, instead of highlighting the obvious, which is that we turn the ball over way more than we, we, we wanted to. So, you know, just wanted to give a, a practical thing there, just a story, you know, during that moment of stillness and kind of get hit in the mouth, right? And I'm just like, whoa, my foundation's being exposed here. What, what am I going to do? So. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually remember, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, I actually admire about our relationship is that, you know, I, I remember that transition, you know, when, you know, you, you left Salisbury and then you went to Frostburg. And, and, you know, I remember us talking and, you know, even, even going through, you know, when I, when I got punched in the mouth, you know, in, in different, different opportunities, I remember us still having conversations and, and, and also I think foundation, having a, a strong faith foundation is having people that you can lean on as well. And I feel that, you know, throughout my journey, you know, people like yourself and other people that I respect, you know, that I'm able to kind of piggyback and, 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 Get a, get a sense of perspective uh, from them has, has been very, very important, you know, for me and for my growth. Um, and it, not just for my growth, but also just, just giving me a, a, a chance to kind of voice my opinions and then you kind of just throwing it back at me and, and really just holding me accountable and say, hey, well, why, why are you coaching? You know, and, and I think that's important to kind of get that perspective, that outside perspective from somebody else, which helps you in, in building up who you are as a person. Man, I got a nugget for you here, man, as you were talking. This is off script, okay? 
It's impossible to be unhappy and grateful at the same time. And we have that choice. And that experience, as well as my basketball career, that wasn't the most beautiful thing. It ended up beautiful. But it didn't always, it wasn't always that way. But what I had to do was shift my mindset from, oh, this happened to me. It's very unfortunate. And look at what I was able to be a part of. You know, this is something I could be a part of that whether I'm here, whether I come back ever again, whether, you know, whatever happens, this, I was a part of this. And, you know, I think as well about your, your journey at Southern Vermont where the school closed. I mean, I, I can't think of anything where you get punched in the mouth more than that one. I mean, who expects that? But the, the fact of the matter is, are you going to choose gratitude or being unhappy? And I think, well, you know, the gratitude is there's no other after, there's no coach after you of that program. You were the last one, you know, think about those lives that you transformed. I know there was some kids on that roster that, you know, not to say you were last chance you, but you know, you gave those guys a chance when they might not have had one and they're forever, forever grateful for those things. But we have a choice, you know, and it's impossible to be unhappy and grateful at the same time. So, yeah, you know, absolutely, just, absolutely. Just, and just that, uh, that makes that makes me think about, you know, we talk about being grateful. You know, there, there were times where, you know, the school closed and I had to pick myself up. And, you know, my wife had to, you know, give me some words of encouragement. You know, it, it's, it's not easy going through going through that transition. Uh, but, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, I, I definitely had a, I had faith. And, you know, we prayed a lot. And I think one of the things that I'm so appreciative of my wife was, I remember her telling me, um, it might have been a week or two after we found out and, and feeling, feeling, you know, feeling disappointed that it happened. You know, she, she said to me, she's like, hey, like, you know, we had to make this move. You know, we had to make this move and, and you know, I'll travel around the world with you. You know, and, and that was something that I knew that, hey, you know, she's got my back and no matter what happens, you know, I'll be all right. So. Yeah, that's great to have, man. Let's move to this next one, belief. Um, and how I define that for this, this podcast is what are you holding on to when what's around you does not look good and does not look very good? You know, what, what are you holding on to to keep you stable to that foundation? And here's my question for you, man. We bounce back with this, but how'd you continue to believe during these moments of transitions? I think you, you've hit on uh, your wife, your lovely wife, who I've uh, not only got a chance to meet, uh, but I feel like we're, we've become like besties on like social media with liking our baby pictures. And uh, I've, I've cooled off, you know, where she's, she's been a lot more consistent than I have, but, you know, maybe just hitting on some of those internal things you know, when it comes from a belief standpoint, but let's say maybe as you transition from one of these jobs, man, and you're not really sure, you're just kind of applying, you know, what, what was that belief during those moments of transition? I truly believe that you have to have self-confidence and, you know, that belief that you're doing the right thing and that you're uh, impacting somebody's life and that you, you are serving your student athletes uh, as best as you can and that and that I'm good at it you know like like that's a part of it too and I don't think you have to uh, sugarcoat that like if you truly believe that you know you're, you're having an impact and that you're helping uh, young men uh, become the best version of themselves I believe people see that and and you have to believe that you're good at what you do you know and I think that's that's a part of having that self-confidence to know that Hey, you know, throughout these transitions, if, if, you know, Southern Vermont closed down, it's okay. Cause I know there's another uh, young man, you know, that needs me to, to, to help him, you know, and not just coach him, but also teach him, you know, not just teach him about basketball, but teach him about life and, and teach him about what's important in life and what, what it means to be uh, a great father, a great husband, a great citizen of society, you know, and I believe that, 
you know, am I perfect? Absolutely not. But I believe that, you know, I'm able to kind of help our student athletes be the best, best people that they can be. And, and I think, you know, other people see that and, and they want you to be a part of that process of helping them build a program and, and building their student athletes to be ambassadors. Yeah. Something you were, as you were talking, man, something that, uh, a story or, or a person that just reminded me of this topic was my mother. Uh, you know, I shared on here before I was re recruited to play, play at a division two school, more of a walk on, not recruited to play, but I was there to basically uh, get knocked around and uh, make other people better. Uh, and then that ended. And then I transferred to a division three school and I get cut there. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not supposed to hoop and bass hoop and, and play this year anymore. I guess I'm done. And I remember my mom telling me, boy, you better stop with all that. You a hooper. And I'm like, man, come on, man. Nobody want me no more, man. I'm two years removed. Don't nobody want me no more. And, and you know, my, my career, obviously, I played at, at Frostburg, as you, you mentioned earlier. You know, it was, it was an incredible journey. And, and I figured I look at it more as a journey than an actual transition. You know, the Lord was preparing me from those places to be able to handle what was next. And I guess my point is, what this belief is, my mom never let us use the word can't. And it's something that's so powerful that stuck with me that, you know, I'm stealing it and going to use with my daughter. And I would always be like, man, I, I can't do it. You know, I, I can't, I can't read that or I can't do that. And she would just immediately, no, you can't say that. Can't say that. And what she was doing was kind of back to your self-talk. Uh, she was helping me eliminate and create a belief system. So once she told me like, man, you're a ball player, you're a hooper, they just don't see it yet. And I finally saw it, the coaching thing happened. And what do you think she said? Man, son, you were assistant coach, but you were head coach. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> and then it was kind of like, all right. And that's, that's how I approach myself, you know, that we are never in a room that we don't belong in. And it's the most powerful thing. Not only do we teach our student athletes, but we teach are young people that look like us, where they feel oppressed, where, where they look at their phones, it's not just something of police brutality, they feel it and they feel fear. So the biggest thing that we able to, we're able to do when we have these positions, is it doesn't matter what room you're in, you belong. Your crown, Maya Angelou used to talk about this, that your crown has been paid for. And I think I shared this with you uh, while you were where you were, like, your steps are ordered. All you got to do is walk. You got the easy part, right? And that's where that belief has to come from. It has to come from in the internal place where you have to see and feel something that everyone else does not see. You have to go against the world, which the world might see something, but you know, you're talking about the spiritual part. That spiritual part goes against the world, you know, and the Bible talks about we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. That means you are supposed to be different. You're supposed to think differently. If a room is 79 degrees, when Brian Johnson walks in, it's supposed to leave as 82. And, and that's just the confidence that developed from being cut from that team, being denied from that job, being jobless for a few seconds. And we can't mistake journeys with transitions because what i just walked you through in about a two minute span was my journey but we're talking about transitions so just wanted to hit that man because i really liked some of the things you said as you were talking yeah no I, I that that that's great coach i mean you know one of the things we we try to do and you talk about um you know a, a person having belief in, in themselves you know, one of the things that we do when we talk about our student athletes too, but also obviously I'll share this with you, you know, with, with my daughter. Um, one of the things I do with her that, uh, and obviously she's only 14 months, but, you know, before she goes to sleep every night, you know, we, we look in the mirror, me and her, and I tell her, hey, I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm love, I'm bold, I'm beautiful, and I'm going to change the world. And we, and we say that every single night, you know, and, and obviously she can't repeat that right now, but by the time she gets four, five, six, seven, you know, she's going to be, she's going to be leading those, um, those words 
and, and, and really instilling those words inside of her. So then she knows, hey, look, I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm bold, I'm beautiful. So she knows that she can change the world if she wants to. Yeah, man. You're planting those seeds. You're planting those seeds. And I think the cool part as a parent is we're able to see them because we're with our children every single day. When we coach our student athletes, we might not see that seed grow. But I think you can attest to this. Um, our best phone calls we get is a, a, a guy calling you, bringing up something you said three or four years ago. And you're like, ah, you were listening. You know, you did get it. So, you know, that's, uh, that's our job, man. Not as coaches, but I think as men and, and as leaders. And I think uh, for the women on here, for as women, as coaches, as wives, as mothers, um, to be just planting those seeds. You know, it's not our job to monitor what that seed's supposed to grow into. We just got to plant it and keep watering it. So that's real cool you do that, man. Let's talk about preparation. Uh, my, this is the last one we're doing here, but my definition for it is when you hit the wall, when you hit the wall, can you trust your training? There's a quote here. Um, I know I'm butchering it a little bit, but you know it. But under pressure, you don't you sink to the level of your training. And that's something that I really, really hold, held on to a lot as an assistant coach. You know, as the assistant coach, and you have experience with both of these things, you know, your voice might not be the motivator of the whole team. You know, your voice might not be the most dominant one in the practice. But I always remember as an assistant coach, something I always – took a lot of pride in was my scout reports and you know if we won and it was my scout I would never want to be like yeah look at me but internally it was kind of like yeah that's that's a win that was that was a win for, for me you know I'm always kind of thinking that competitive part how can I compete while I'm doing what I'm doing and that's what the scout report does is it reveals how prepared you are for your opponent so I ask you just you know how do you prepare you know as you um you know, attack your day, maybe during some of these transitions? How, how do you prepare um, during those times? Well, for me, uh, every single night, you know, I, I have a planner uh, that where I write down the night before and sometimes even just a week before each and every, si each and every single day that I need to, uh, what things that I need to do uh, at, at certain times. So for me, it's just always, always being detailed and, and kind of laying out my day. So then I'm not going through the day trying to figure out what I need to do. Um, and, I, and I really think just being consistent with that has helped me kind of be detail oriented where, you know, if anything changes, then it's, it's only a, a minor change uh, throughout my day. So, uh, and honestly, you know, I, I have to say, you know, through my professional and even just my, my personal life, I've had great coaches that, that I, I try to emulate, you know, even my high school coaches as well as my college coaches have all been successful. And, you know, if, if I have a question or if something that of, of concern, you know, it, it, it's only a, a phone call or a way where I can call them and they pick up and, and they, they try to assist and help me in, in anything that it is. And it could be, you know, transitioning from a job or even talking about, you know, uh, being married or, or being a father. So, you know, really just talking to them and kind of preparing my own thoughts and, and my own uh, way of doing things. So then when they, when they come into fruition, I can kind of plan, plan it the way that I want to plan it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I prepare, just leaning on my, my, my support and my support. Yeah. I think the most ignored thing we do or we have in our lives is our health. And I talk about our health as our wealth. And when I talk about health, I think the image that pops up in our minds is, you know, the, the physical part. But I, I think more what I'm, what I'm hitting on is just that there's different categories of health. You have your physical health, you have your mental health, which is, constantly being ignored you know I'm sure you've been following the NBA man any NBA player that talks about mental health but they don't hit a basket man they just get bashed on uh, on Twitter that's a whole nother episode right there but uh you know the mental health the spiritual health 
And if we're not pouring into these areas every single day, then eventually we're going to hit a wall. And, you know, as I was, as you were talking, man, it just made me think about, um, you know, just the amount of time that that takes, just the amount of time we put into our jobs where we have to give ourselves away to serve someone else. So it's really important, the preparation phase that we're taking care of ourselves in order to endure the physical, the mental, and the spiritual parts that come with serving, being a dad, being a husband, being a coach, the amount of hours it, it comes into being a coach. You know, and I have this this quote here, man. It's it's something I hold on to. It's it's exhausting to be great. It's exhausting, you know. And and I think as we're doing that health part and taking care of ourselves, we have to understand that if we don't take care of ourselves, we're gonna eventually crash trying to manage all these other things. Um, but it's exhausting to be great. It's exhausting, you know. It's something that. I'm sure you're talking to your players about because I'm talking to mine about it, you know, and I tell them all the time, if you want to do something or go somewhere that you've never been, it requires you to give more than you've ever given. So what you've done is not good enough. And they're like, well, coach, it's COVID, man, it's COVID. So, you know, it's scary. I'm like, well, I'm not asking you to risk your health. I'm not asking you to go out there and not have a mask on, but you know what you can do within your physical limits to be better than you were the day before. And we have a model here, man. It's, I, I don't know. We all steal stuff as coaches, man. I don't want the credit for it, but it's the word win, right? We took the eye out of it. There's no more eyes in anything with our team. Everything was been a place with, with the, the number one. And I'll ask the guy, man, with that, with that word, but taking the eye out and having one, did you win today? And they know that win means did I do one thing today that helps someone else's day better? Did I do one thing today to make our team better? Did I do one thing today that made me a better player? And if you can't check all three of those things, you didn't win. You can't check all three of those things, then you know, you're, you're letting us down. You're, you're saying something, but there's no action and execution behind it. And I tell these guys that you know, this is not just a basketball thing, this is life. You know, we're doing a running club app. I know you're a runner, man. You run more than me. I hate running. But uh, we're doing a team challenge, man, 50 miles a month. Who you think's in first, bro? You? Yeah, and that's sad, right? I don't play anymore. Yeah. But, but it, it all goes back to, you know, what, what I'm telling them. When? When they don't have UMBC, Vermont on the schedule, Christopher Newport on the schedule, when all that ends – who are you competing against? You. And that's what we're trying to teach these guys, man. It's easy to compete when you know, um, we got a game coming up, coach, man, it's ready to go. Like your guys should be fired up. They just said y'all playing on the 25th. You're going to get some guys in there that ain't touched the ball probably and now going to be out there going hard. But they're going to reveal themselves on what they were doing when you didn't know about your season when you step out there. And, and those are the types of guys for, for me. We got to expose them. We got to teach them. We never want to get rid of people. And, and if they don't buy in or conform, you know, this isn't the place for you. So. Yeah, that makes, you know, that makes me think about, you know, we obviously school has started and, you know, we're constantly talking to our guys about their, their routines and how to be successful. Um, we talk about taking care of yourself mentally and physically, how to be successful uh, throughout your day. And, you know, as, as I was talking to last week, I was, I was talking to one of, one of my academic guys and one of my players about his academics. And we started talking about routine and, and what time he woke up every day. And it was nine o'clock. And then uh, I said, hey, let's, let's work on your routine. So we came up with a routine where he's like, all right, you know, coach, I can wake up at you know, 7.30, 7.45, eat breakfast, you know, and then, you know, maybe study and then class at nine. So, and then, you know, go throughout his day, lunch, you know, this, that. And so I followed up with him this week and, uh, and it, it was funny because I said, you know, how you doing? Yeah, I won't mention his name. I said, you know, how, how you doing with your routine? He said, <laughs> he said, uh, he said, coach, it's, 
He said, it's actually good. He said, my days feel longer. He said, but, you know, I feel, I feel better. You know, I feel like I, I feel like I have more energy. I feel like I'm getting more accomplished. And, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm sending emails out to, to, to my professor. I'm sending emails out to, to people in, in, the, in the working world. And that's all a part of it. You know, that's all a part of just being the, the, the best, best version of yourself. You know, part of winning your day is, is really accomplishing the goals that you have for today. And, and the other, other thing I wanted to mention was, you know, you, you said, hey, you know, you're really competing against yourself. You know, you're not competing against against other people. Like you, you have to find that fire inside and that motivation inside. So, you know, when we talk about running, I talk to coaches all the time. And, you know, they see that I've lost weight and they see that I'm running miles. And you know, they tell me, they say, uh, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm trying to keep up with you." And I'm like, "Don't keep up with me." <laughs> like, no, it's you versus you. You're not competing with anybody else but yourself, you know, like, so it's just, it's just funny, you know, when you, when you talk to people and you think about those things and, and, and you have to understand that, you know, you're in this, this life journey, obviously to help and push people forward and, and as well as young people and, and even, you know, the people that you work with and around is to make them better, but you also have to push yourself to make yourself better, you know, so then, so then you can, so it can also be rewarding uh, all together. So it's just funny, like, like you, you go through these, you go through these uh, moments where things dawn on you, where it's like, you're not competing with this other person. I'm competing with myself to be the best that I can be. Yeah, that's good, man. Yo, my life changed when I found out really how to be successful. And what I mean by that is my life changed when I realized that success was really beating people to the spot. And, you know, uh, I mean, that people bring up my career that don't know much about me. And they're like, man, you know, you did that. You did this. I only did that because I beat people to the spot. And I just attack what I do in coaching and in leadership and spiritually beating people to the spot. And once I realized that and I mastered that, like, man, I just realized that my life was going to change for the rest of my life. And just meaning that we all get the same 24 hours if we're blessed to get it. But it's a choice on what time am I going to wake up? What am I going to do when I wake up? What am I going to be intentional on getting done? What am I going to say no to? While I'm up, what am I pouring into my mind? Because I'm a sponge, so I only could take so much in, and then eventually I got to get wrung out. If I get wrung out, what's in there that shouldn't be in there? But beating people to the spot. And, and that's another, just as you were talking, man, just trying to teach our guys being in this, this quarantine is we can't control a lot of things that's going on in the world, but we can control beating people to the spot. We can control instead of uh, getting ready, which is what the world does, staying ready. And, you know, that's kind of what you're, you're talking about, man. You know, you're not competing against anybody but yourself. You're trying to be the best you that you can be. And I think you saw with uh, Coach Kara Lawson at uh, Duke, shout out to her, the new women's basketball coach. She said something that Twitter, man, everybody just retweets everything. It drives me insane sometimes. But that day she was on fire. Everybody retweeted it. But the thing that stuck out to me that she was telling them young girls, that's so true. It exposed me a little bit. And she said, you're going to run differently if I tell you to go run and do a suicide opposed to if I put four or five people with you and tell you to go run that suicide. And that's what those people are revealing to you is I can't do it by myself. I don't, I'm not strong as you. So let me immediately put an opponent in front of myself, which they're trying to put you there and say, all right, I'm trying to be like Brian Johnson. And you're eliminating that, trying to break them out of that norm. And I thought that was so cool what that coach was doing. And it kind of shook me up too, because I'm like, well, instead of me needing something to put my body against to look like, just, just be the best you. Just be the best you. Exactly. Exactly. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, man. Well, that kind of caps this off. 
you know, from, from hitting all those points. And I think those are good nuggets, principles for, for anybody that's um, preparing for a transition, in a transition, or maybe, you know, in, in a very um, consistent situation and a, a transition can happen out of nowhere. So it's really good, bro. I love the stuff you, you brought. Um, so let's segue to my, my favorite part of this show, man, where it's, it's less serious. Um, but we're really going to get to know who you are uh, in this segment here. So it's called Rapid Fire. And this is the first one. This is the quarantine edition. Uh, so I don't want to talk about what you're doing right now. You know, I want to talk about, uh, you know, in March, April, May, you know, when we were putting dents in those couches. Uh, or for you, you, you guys got that chicken farm up there. Uh, you know, whatever you got, got going on up in the beautiful upstate New York here. But here's what I got for you, man. I got some, I got some good questions for you. Uh, and it's the quarantine edition. And I'm excited to, to hear your answers, man. You ready to go? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, bet, bet. Let's do it. All right, man. So, I'm sure you've been watching some Netflix. What was your favorite Netflix show to binge watch? Oh, quarantine. You know what? Favorite Netflix show. So, I'm not really a Netflix guy, uh, but you know, the only thing I, I can really think about that I, I watch on Netflix because, to be honest, we don't watch much TV. Is The Town? So the, that movie, The Town, I watch. I rewatched that like two or three, four times. Did you develop the uh, Boston accent while you were watching it? I did not, but uh, I definitely tried it. <laughs> yeah, they got some strong ones in there. Right. Well, this is kind of goes with this question, man. So as you're watching The Town, you know, more than once. What was the go-to snack during the, the, during the Netflix show or, or for this answer, the town? You know, what was the go-to snack? Oh, man, that's the easy one. Gummy bears. Yeah. All, right. All day, every day. Gummy, gummy bears. But, but I, I've, I've kind of kicked those to the side lately. You know, I have, it's been a couple months since I had some because, you know, I have, I'm trying to, trying to work on this figure. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, best book you read during this time? Uh, I would say the best book I read is the one I'm probably reading now called uh, The First 90 Days. Okay. Who wrote that? Um, you know? I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's, 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 it's good. phenomenal book. And then uh, I, w I would say the second book I read is The Power of Who by Bob Boudin. So that's a, that's a really good book too. All right. Uh, what was your go-to source for a good laugh? Oh, my daughter. That's corny, but that, that's the truth. My kids are hilarious, man. Especially. Yeah. She's yeah. walking. That's, that's already funny enough. Oh, we yeah. We haven't even got steps in yet, so I can only imagine. My wife has banned me from watching Impractical Joker, so I, you know, I got I to gotta find something else. She doesn't think it's funny, but I laugh every single time. All right. New Habit that you developed during this time? Cooking. Yeah, I, I, I love to cook. I love, I love getting on the grill. Um, I did a little bit of it, but now, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on the grill now. Okay, all right, mine's doing hair. You know, okay. I, I, I've mastered that. I mean, I can't, I don't, I can't do the Venus and uh, Serena beads yet with the braids, but yeah. know, I could do a mean pigtail and, uh, and bun. Okay, I haven't gotten there yet, but that's okay. Well, hey, man, once we get off air, if you need some hair uh, tips, man, I got you. Uh, last one here, man. This is not a, a quarantine edition, man. I just know you work with some funny people that I know. But who's the funniest person you've ever, uh, you've ever coached with and why? Mm, funniest? Oh, Neil Epstein, Potomac State, is, is, is probably by far uh the funniest guy i've ever worked work with you know high energy um when he laughs you laugh yeah. uh, so so i would say he's definitely probably the funniest uh most charismatic person i've i've, I've ever worked with yeah that's a good he, one good guy. Good that's guy. a good one who, who are you thinking i was gonna say i don't know 
I really didn't. I didn't have one uh, predestined for that one, man. I really didn't. Yeah, um, he, he yeah I, I, I don't know. I, I think you work with some funny people that I know, but yeah, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't know how you would answer that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good one. So well, that's the end of my questions here, man. That's it. Really, the end of the show as we wrap up. Uh, I always like to give the final words to my guests, but before we get to that point, um, you know, how can some of our guests, you know, follow you? Uh, do you have a Twitter or Instagram or just anything they could follow and learn more about you? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, both, both, both the same at coach C O A C H underscore B J underscore J O H N. Um, you know, I, t- I tweet, tweet, a- I don't tweet a lot, but, you know, I tweet a lot of stuff about my family, a lot of stuff about our, our program. Um, so, you know, I might be, uh, boring to some, but exciting to others. So, um, any, anytime, you know, if you want to reach out to me, shoot me a message, uh, or you can go to the website, shoot me an email, uh, willing to talk to you about, you know, my journey and how I can help others. If you're a coach or if you're looking to get into coaching. Um, I'm more than willing to to give you some words of encouragement or advice. So. Love it. And uh, as we wrap up here, man, as I said, uh, I'd love to give the final words to our guest. So as we wrap up here, man, the floor is yours. Well, Coach Mo, I just want to say I, I appreciate you having me on your show. Uh, um, it's actually an honor, to be honest with you. And, and we've gone back a long time. And, you know, it's it's not even just about the show. It's it, And I'm not just saying it's on the show, man. It's really about your friendship more than anything. So uh, I, re- I really appreciate it. You know, everybody that's listening, I uh, hope you got something from it. You know, follow Binghamton uh, University men's basketball and, uh, you know, root for the Bearcats. And, and uh, I hope everybody has a blessed evening. And, and uh, hey, you know, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. And I love the plug to the, uh, to the program afterwards too, man. That's good. Uh, but no, nah, man, I appreciate you. You know, I love you to death. I love you to life. And, uh, man, I, I know that you're just scratching the surface of what, uh, what you're destined to do. And I, I mean that, and obviously you've heard me say that to you several times. So, you know, it's, uh, it's an honor to have you on here, man. And it's a blessing to, call you a friend, brother, and all those things. So great to have you on. We are, uh, we are signing off.